Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm Beth Ann Erickson from BethAnnErickson.com. Thanks for coming. Uh, hanging out with us today uh, notes from minnesota and uh, virginia by the way no you're not in virginia no i'm not in virginia anymore i'm in north carolina north carolina you don't north oh, north carolina don't speak like an, uh, a southern bell that's because i'm from california originally and we have no it's very flat accent out there um but if y'all want me to talk a little bit more southern i can do that my pleasure my pleasure <laughs> it, it, this is how slow I move up here because every time I hear news about Virginia, my first thought is always, I wonder what Victoria thinks about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you can tell, uh, extra special, fabulous co-host today, Victoria <laughs> Rosendahl from Rosendahl Method. We have known each other forever in a day. Um, and we have got such an awesomely awesome topic today. What could possibly go wrong? We're talking about... Disappointment and how you handle it. Well, yeah, because you know, that's that's the one thing that comes across my Facebook feed. All these memes about chin up or have a happy attitude, and you know, and I just got done with some really crappy cancerversary tests and bitter disappointment. Not cancer is fine. I, I don't have cancer, but it was year five, and I was supposed to go in, have a clean scan, walk out, ring the bell, because when you ring the bell. That's your last time there, and I didn't get to ring the bell because I had plump lymph nodes. Uh, and it's so, you know, you 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 don't want to be the you know gloomy Gus or or uh, Beth Raincloud, if you will. Right. Your family, but you've got to walk through that disappointment and and figure out how you're going to work with that. And I really think that that as as women, at least I grew up in the '60s. And it, we were taught as women, as girls, just stuff it down. Don't let anybody see how disappointed you are. Have a thick skin. Let it roll off your back. Well, I don't believe that anymore. Well, it's impossible. You to feel. You have to feel or you're, or you're just this automaton. So the fact that you were disappointed, reality check, is accurate. And it was a disappointment. And, yeah. you know, and I, I'm, I'm concerned sometimes that, you know, when we live these pretend perfect lives on social media, <laughs> you know, I, I laugh so hard because you recently posted something on your Facebook feed where you, boom, displayed your age, which is like, oh, yeah, 62, yeah. totally, totally taboo, yeah. totally, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's like, wow, she's fearless. And oh, it's a, you know what it is? I, and some people will say, it's just a number. And please don't ever, ever, ever look at me and say, oh, you're 62 years young. I hate the years young thing. It drives me nuts. I'm 62. I understand my limitations, and there are more of them than there used to be. But I have a whole lot more freedom in my state of mind and my emotions than I did even 10 years ago. So yeah, I, I don't mind. Uh, my, I'll tell you a quick story that I, I don't know. My brother might disprove uh, this, but when I was a little girl, my mother said to me, "You almost weren't born because doctors in now this is 1956, and she's 43 years old." 
uh, I'm not sure people know who your mother is. You probably should mention that real quick. Oh, my mother was, was Shirley Ross, who is the woman who sang Thanks for the Memory with Bob Hope in the big broadcast of 1938. And although Hope and his family like to say, oh, well, she was his co-star. That was Bob Hope's very first film. So I'm thinking she brought him up. Um, so my mom's 43 years old, and apparently at that time, which makes perfect sense, there was more of a chance of Down syndrome yep. than not, than there is today, for instance. And my mom said, Down syndrome, a normal kid with no issues, doesn't matter. This is the one thing I can give my husband that nobody else can give him. Wow. And so every birthday is exciting for me because I get to be one more year and it's one more year of learning. And this year it was social security. Yes. <laughs> Pulling that social security. And I'll tell you, anybody who's out there, who's listening, who's about to turn 62, if you're thinking you're going to wait until you're 66, reconsider that because uh, my girlfriend and I, she actually did the, the spreadsheet. The money that you make between 62 and the time you fully vest at 66 and whatever months, it's going to take you till you're 85 years old to make up that money. Ooh, something to think about. And for freelancers, it could give you just enough to get by and not feel like you're so desperate every month and disappointed in the fact that you're not bringing in new clients, you're not seeing the income that you were told you would see when you started taking any number of courses. Are you telling me, are you claiming that you don't make six figures a month? That is correct. <laughs> Unless you include the decimal point. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, that, that is, it is. It is uh, true, though. I have seen so many courses talking about how, you know, oh. I know. I know. It's true. And, and when you don't make the six figures or whatever, it's your fault because you either did something wrong or you had the wrong mindset. Right. And, and so that's that, yeah. if you would just think positively, you would get six fingers, figure fingers, six fingers in your bank. <laughs> Here you go. Six fingers. You get six figures in your bank account just by sitting and thinking about it. Right. And, you know, and it, it, it's, isn't it ridiculous that we even have to talk about this? It, well, it's, I think that people are uh, really looking for something to hang on to. Now, I believe in positive thinking. I believe in good vibration, in pulling positive energy to you. But there are going to be times when you got to walk through the muck. Brene Brown, who's one of my favorite authors, says, sometimes you get into your own personal wilderness. Mm -hmm. You're just on your own and trying to deal with feeling upset, disappointment, whatever. And you got to walk through that to get to the other side. And it's okay because it's part of life. I mean, for example, if we were talking beforehand, um, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I, had, I would have people email me saying, well, did you think happy thoughts all the time or did you, and, and I even had one woman tell me that cancer is all of the negativity within you concentrated into a, a tumor that will kill you. And I'm like going, huh? 
what a nice thing to tell someone who is hoping against hope that they're not going to, you know, get a remission or not a remission, a recurrence. And, and, you know, unfortunately in, you know, like four or five years later, her own daughter wound up getting diagnosed. And I was like, Oh my, you know, now she's got to be, now she has to wade through all of that, those beliefs. I mean, you got to be careful what you decide to believe because something like that can hurt you yeah. eventually. And again, yeah. you know, I'm with you. I think a positive attitude is generally a good thing. It helps mm. you see things that you otherwise wouldn't see, you know, and it's, it's you know, dandy. It's not going to hurt you to think positive, but it's okay to occasionally be sad and cry. Yes, yes. And you, and you really have to do that. You have to do that work. Um, I think that from what I've understood, and you and I discussed this, stress is a huge contributor to many diseases, disease, cancer. I think we all have cancer in us. I believe you're correct. Cells are not active. And I told Matt, my husband, I said, I'm not getting cancer. Not happening. And he said, really? I said, not happening. I want to die of old age. Now, anybody who knows me knows my mother died of cancer. My brother just died of cancer six years ago, but I'm, I'm not doing it. And, and, and if that happens and you're probably going to say to me, I'm not doing chemo. Aren't you? I didn't have to. My, my brother and mother both went through it and they, for the last month's year of their lives were miserable. I don't want to be that way. I would rather it do some something even a little more um, holistic and feel okay until the time comes. Now, people have said to me, oh, you're going to change your mind if that ever happens. So I said, well, I'm not getting the answer. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we'll see. Don't you love when people tell you what you're going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, ju- I just sit there and kind of nod and go, okay, well, I, I hear you. And I'm not going to sit and have a debate with them because they won't change their minds just because my mind is different. Um, but it's, you know, as a, as a writer, whether you're a copywriter or an author or a screenwriter, it's really hard when you keep running up against those brick walls. You get to a point where you run up against enough of them and you start thinking, you know, maybe this isn't worth it. And sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I think is important to note that you don't always have to keep going if you get to a point where that direction just doesn't make sense anymore. That, is, that, that dovetails perfectly into our conversation because I just did a, I have a little newslettery thing that I, I send to um, sub, subscribers. Ta-da! But no, we are working on there how, you know, publishing has changed. I began my publishing company in 2001 and now the people who are really killing it in um, Kindle Unlimited right now, they're releasing an entire new book every 30 days. Oh my God. To keep the algorithms going and blah, 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 blah. And you know, when you're talking about it's not worth it, I'm with you. I'm like, I was in a mastermind group and that's what they taught. And they said, you have to do this. You have to do that. And I was like, no, I don't. Right. I'm not going to release 
a half-baked book every 30 days. I'm and not this is a full novel? Book. Is this a novel? Yes. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. How do you do that? I, it takes me a year to write the darn thing and then another year to edit it because it has to sit and, and, and percolate a little while. Yes. It has to percolate. It has to, remember those old coffee on the stove? Um, it has to, to just, you know, I have to look at it with fresh eyes and that can only happen after a month or two. Right. And so, I mean, in that situation, I'm not going to be killing it in fiction, but I'm going to write good books. But there you go. And whether or not that matters, you, you can't write for your, you, you have to write for your audience, but you have to ultimately write for yourself. Right. Exactly. And if I were fact every 30 days, you could just as well shoot me in the head. The, and I see the success as finishing it. Mm -hmm. How many people do you know? You and I know a lot of authors who start and don't finish. OMG. Whether they sell or not, it isn't about, we need to take expectation away from the bestseller list from New York Times and Publishers Weekly and all of that stuff and just say, you know what? I finished this. Right. I copyrighted it. It's out there and I'm going to market it. Right. Okay, cool. Right. That's a great success. And you're probably not going to make six figures a month again. Actually five. They're making like, they claim to make five figures a month. That, that's, that's another thing that's funny about the whole, the whole disappointment conversation is on, um, I know an author who one week she wrote into this private little group saying, OMG, when am I going to break even? I'm spending 50 cents a click on Amazon ads and my book's only blah, 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 blah. And she, and she was in the hole, basically. And then like two weeks later, she, she posted her, uh, her income for that month. She's like, look at me. I'm a best-selling author. I sold $7,000 this last month. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Two weeks ago, you were not even breaking even. Does that mean, I mean there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in our industry for sure. Right. And, and, and as a, uh, a newbie reader who hadn't known about that previous message there, there's a whole field of disappointment thinking, Oh, I'm not making seven grand a month. You was know? the seventh grand gross, seven grand gross or net? I, oh, it was gross. Of course it's gross. So she didn't really make seven grand. No, she did not. You have to count in all that 50 cents a click and anything else she used for marketing. Oh yeah. Cause even like a book bub ad will cost you like 500 bucks at least. Oh, right. And when you're selling like a night and I realize it's all about sell through all of these terms at you. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to begin to feel that you yourself are less than because you don't want to spend $500 advertising a 99 cent book that you're going to get 35 cents for. Right. It's hard to break even, even if there's so through and blah, 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 blah. You know, you and I both know, we both trained with some of the really great copywriters of our age. Even they would say, wow, if you're going to do advertising, that product better be a, have a pretty high price point, yep. you know, not 99 cents. And so I mean, right. here's some fundamental truths being broken. Now that said, on the flip side, congrats for selling. Congrats. Right. As, and, and it, you know, I, when I started doing some, my own 
introspection and started saying, you know, I'm really happy for my friends who are oh yes, indeed, ladder than I am as a screenwriter, further up the ladder than I am as an author. And I've been an author for 52 years. Wow. So not like I started writing when I was 10. So it's not like I've just started five minutes ago. And when I have people say to me at conventions or parties, I really, really want to write a book. I've always wanted to do that. I look at them and say, then do it. Mm-hmm. Free about the first draft. It's going to be a vomit draft anyway, but get it on paper. Oh, I can't really. And so that sets their disappointment into their soul because they're not even trying yet. And they don't, they don't know if they'll be able to, you know, if it's going to be successful. Well, it's going to be successful if you can write it and finish it. And you have to success part. And you have to define success. Yes. You have to define success. As in, in my example, for example, that I talked about that, um, she's a wonderful writer. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, and she's marketing the heck out of her book. If I'm going to, I'm going to go backwards in my income. I would rather slow down, mm-hmm. eat a banana smoothie, and then get <laughs> the afternoon right. rather than you know go through that stress of, oh, look at how many clicks. I mean, you can burn through a lot of money with those online oh. ads. Oh, horrible. Just horrible. I know. I know. And, and is, this, is this the basis for a long-term career? And and you and I talked about this earlier, and I want to make sure that we update everybody on the cocky issue. Oh, yes. We talked about how when you're with the top, the big six in New York, if you think that that's good, that you're going to be a Baldacci or a Grisham or anybody else, if you can get it, that's great. But know that the big advance they give you. If you do not sell that much, you have to give it back. You do. Hang on to that, some of that advance because you just don't know. It's like, um, remember Working Girl? Remember the movie Working Girl? And Melanie Griffith says, nobody got rich guessing what people want to taste, meaning their toothpaste. Mm -hmm. It's really true. Nobody gets rich guessing what the next hot book is going to be or the next big movie. Uh, you just, you know, right now we're in this, this action adventure kind of thing. And even um, the Academy just decided to add a new uh, category to the Oscars next year, uh, which is popular film. And Ron Howard said, what? <laughs> huh? Because his films have been popular films. So it's, it, it's just, it's really, uh, and it's day by day, Beth. It's day by day. Uh, you can have a great day yesterday and today have nothing but disappointment. And if you do, be good to yourself. Don't, don't try not to be hard on yourself like women are all taught to do. Oh, yes. I was just going to ask, you know, when you have the highs and the lows, how do you even them out? What do you do? To take eat? a breath. You just take a breath and you walk away for a little bit and try to find something that lifts your spirit. You know, for us, it's our dogs uh, and our husbands. Oh, look, look, there's Minnie. Look at her. What a good girl. She says, yes, I'm a very good girl. 
She's a very, she's grunting. Look her up. She is adorable. She uh, was so abused. Where oh. or she was, like I mentioned, she was, her whole bottom half was just blonde. And I thought, this is so weird. Until the vet, you know, she's, oh, she's urine stained. She's been sitting in her own urine for so long. Oh my gosh. Totally turned blonde. And I was like, no way. But sure enough, as she's, as she, we've had her, all of that blonde. She's all white now and she's in the best house in the whole world. Well, we are pretty crazy about her. <laughs> she's got a very funny face. Some, someday I'll get her to look good in the camera because she's got the funniest, got this wonky eye. <laughs> when she's got that eye looking off over there and then my slightly cross-eyed Siamese and they have stare downs. <laughs> that's, that's good. See, that's, that's what you need to do when you're really disappointed, whether it's with yourself or some, or a situation, go find something that takes your mind off it like that. Right. Walk. Um, you know, sit and do some meditation, breathe. I like to walk outside and, and look at the big world around me because, you know, as writers, a lot of the work we do is online yeah. and just getting away from the computer, getting away from yeah. the cell phone and seeing this huge world. Yeah, absolutely. Pandio High is huge. I, you know, I have heard that and Wilmer are two very important places to visit in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. I, I had a teacher in law school from Minnesota who used to take a piece of chalk and, and pound it, just drop it between her two fists when she was teaching. She'd walk back and forth and she, she'd say, so, so if you did this, what twerk do you think would happen? And we would all try to put on this Minnesota accent and it never worked. <laughs> she was a hoot. She was really great. A hoot? A hoot. She yeah. was in a holler. Um, so I think that for me, there are always going to be times when I'm disappointed. It's inevitable. The biggest disappointment I usually have is with myself. Well, always. We're very good. You know, like you mentioned earlier, females in particular, we're very good at turning disappointment inward. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so if you can look at the disappointment and say, Okay, I really feel bummed. I'm really upset. That's okay. Go ahead. Just walk into that wilderness and sit with it for a little bit. And if you can, I'm not saying everybody can, but if you can sit and look at it dispassionately and be curious about what it is specifically that's disappointing you, you might be able to say, that's not disappointing. And suddenly you're walking up on the other side of the the. There's also, for me, an acknowledgement that my trajectory is unique to me. I can't look at other people. I shouldn't, you know, is, you know, when I see you, I made blah, 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 or this or that, <laughs> or you know, people who are more triumphant, you know, mm-hmm. or more inspiring, or blah, 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 you know, and I think, I, you know, um, <laughs> It's it in the end. I, there's a way back when. Remember that song, "Wear Sunscreen." Mm-hmm. That in the end, the race is with yourself. Yeah, it it's has true. nothing to do with anybody else. Right. Lin Manuel Miranda, who we all know from Hamilton, was interviewed on 60 Minutes, and he said, "You know, I just picked a lane and I did it." And that's 
that's what he did. He just he picked his lane, which was musical theater, and he just kept going. And you know, when you think about it, I, I would guess that um, many pro the musical theater probably doesn't have as many openings as like freelance writing would have, you know? Uh, probably not. No. Which probably, in that case, probably inspired you sure. for some of, the trajectory, some of the paths of writing that you've explored. Yep. And I've gotten to a point where my lane is, it, it used to be quite broad. Now it's a little more narrow simply because I have other things happening and I don't need to be as broad with looking for clients and, and that sort of thing. I have a, a very small stable of copywriting clients uh, and then I, I write novels and I write screenplays and I even do some work for other folks in other areas. So that's kind of broader in terms of not necessarily writing but and that keeps my mind going and there are some good puzzles there but I've just found that going out and hawking my wares at this point just isn't doing me any service I hear you and in, in the way you structured and the way I have structured, you know, the two of us, we, we freelance. Mm -hmm. And so we have the many, the multiple streams of income, which sounds very direct maily or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it, but it gives us stability that we enjoy mm -hmm. over someone who's just putting out that novel every 30 days. Right. Really I, I could not. I couldn't do it. One company for 100% of their income. I mean, I would be turning gray so fast it would wouldn't even see straight I mean can you imagine having oh I've, I've I've done it yeah I've been there where I've worked in a, one company for years I like the diversity I like to be able to switch it up from day to day um, and and the thing <laughs> I was talking with a friend of mine he is my best friend from high school his name's Joe Culligan and you've seen him on TV. He's not in anything right at this moment, but he was in Ally McBeal for two years in the 90s. So he said, we said to each other, wait a minute. It's going to be Labor Day in two weeks. What? Wait. It was just Valentine's Day. I know. Well, see, I lost over half of my summer with all that cancer stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you shipped. You got I did. It's you. a jet. Uh, yeah, November 1st. One more scan and I might get to ring the bell. So how did you get through your disappointment? Uh, with something like that, you just walk through it. Mm -hmm. You just walk through it. To be honest, I actually, I just stepped away from Filbert Publishing a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I read like three David Morrell off um, novels, one after the other. Uh, Brotherhood of the Rose, Covenant of the Stone, and something of the something. Something Fraternity <laughs> of the Flame. I personally liked something of the something myself, but that, that, yeah, I'm I'm thinking of writing that book, something of the something. That would be that would be it's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld. It's a book about nothing. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> You could write that in 30 days. <gasps> I knew you can. I'm doing it. <laughs> But no, I, I just did a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading. I, yeah, and for you, that was that was your bomb. And I think 
Okay. I had lymph nodes in my chest and they were going to go down my throat, into my lungs, into the bronchioles, and they just poked the hole. For like two weeks afterwards, every time I exhaled, it sounded like popcorn. It was really weird. Oh my gosh. I used to walk behind Peter, my son, like exhaling just to gross him out. <laughs> you sounded like one of those bubble machines that, or, or those toys that a kid pulls. Yeah, about week two, it wasn't funny anymore, but. No, no. And no. I, I can now exhale. Hey. I love exhaling. How about you? Uh, exhaling is good. Mm-hmm. Exhaling is very good, especially after an inhale. True. But getting that phone call saying everything was fine and it was just generic inflammation of some sort, yay. I mean, seriously. Because I had to I'd have a, they did the CT scan and they did a PET scan and they all lit up and then I had to go to the big city. Oh, to uh, Minneapolis. Yes, Minneapolis or Abbott Northwestern. Boy, I tell you, that is different than a rural hospital, I tell you what. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> and I'm not even from Minnesota. They didn't know my name. <gasps> I walked in, they didn't say, hey, Beth, how you doing? It wasn't Cheers? I was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they were wonderful. They were good. wonderful. That's great. They That's... were very good at their jobs. They were very efficient. Man, I mean, they, yeah. Yay. That's wonderful. Okay, let's give a cocky update. Oh, yes. Um, Ms. Hopkins has, um, uh, we, we should probably give a recap, that she, there, there was an author who trademarked the word cocky. And so she was sending out cease and desist right and left. And people were all cranky and she was cranky. And we were not cranky. We were I not. I think we, you know, we, when, when it comes to the description in this podcast, make sure that there's a link to that podcast, which was, I think, our last one, wasn't it? I think so. It's been a while. But yeah, we, um, and then um, Facebook groups popped up where they're monitoring the trademark office now. And every now and then they'll say, there's a trademark for the word Space Ranger. And you can go and you can say no. But anyway, she actually got the trademark. She has since, um, uh, what do you call it? She gave it back. Withdrawn. Withdrawn. See, I can tell which of us is the former attorney. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. I'm still an attorney. I'm just not practicing. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. Get yeah. yeah, 31 years. It's, you know, I still use it every day. I just, but when people say, you know, can I do this? I'll say, this is information you can find on the internet. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she has withdrawn it now. And um, I don't know what, what happened to the stylized version. What made her withdraw it? Do you know? There was a lot of back and forth. There were, She was actually, um, there, there was some sort of lawsuit or something with oh. a couple of authors and an attorney and such. And they were going back and forth. And, and they have never really said, I think they have, they're not allowed to talk about the uh, settlement. Is that the word? Uh, it depends on what, you know, it's, if she got sued or if there was a threat of suit, then there could have been a settlement. And then that settlement is either sealed or, or there's an agreement that it will never be discussed, that kind of thing. And in our discussion about a disappointment, I mean, it was disappointing for, you know, the authors who 
well, they, they didn't want to change their, the name of their books. And, and they ended up doing it because of it. Well, they had the cocky collective. <laughs> <laughs> I like the cocky collective. Yes, that, 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 was, that was an anthology that it was the cockiest cock on the cock or something like that. Oh, my gosh. And had gosh. a big chicken on the front. Well, you know, University of South Carolina are the game cocks, and they, they have a hat that says, I'm a cock, honest to God. So, you know. Mm -hmm. I got nothing. I have nothing on that one. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. We're the gophers. We're, I don't know. <gasps> I, UNCW is, are, is the Seahawks, so that's good. Okay, but it's anyway, uh, and so anyway, um, I, I know Felina's horribly disappointed. She has expressed her disappointment on YouTube. She feels as though she was protecting her books, but, you know, I, I think, you know, like when we both agreed when we originally did the podcast that it probably would have been wiser for her to, you know, trademark the Cocker Brothers as opposed to the word cocky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there's something that really rings hollow for me for an author to expound on her disappointment on YouTube. I don't know why. There's just, it just, it bothers me because it just seems so much more marketing. Yeah. Wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm happy. You know, yeah. The internet is swift to engage in what they consider to be justice mm -hmm. and um true true it, she pushed back as hard as they pushed it was yeah. it, it was um it was a true dog pile on both sides and, and i'm not taking i don't think the word should have been copyright excuse me trademarked i agree I discovered that i have used it a lot more recently especially <laughs> It's a very good word. It, is, it was a word that I had not used much. And, you know, there's, it's, it's kind of like on the same, uh, the same ground as pissed. How do you find another word that works as good as I'm pissed off? Yeah. There's a good one. That really fits, that you can substitute that, that, has that connotation so cocky really is a great word it just shouldn't be trademarked it's funny how the powerful words have generally have something to do with a bodily function of some sort because remember we had that whole discussion about turd oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good word too it was a good word and it still is it still is it, it just you know now we've got emojis yes we do <laughs> but um i i think in the whole cocky situation i part of me was just a little sad that there i understood the the opposing side not wanting it i i just wish that that um that felina would have listened she never actually heard yeah and that makes a question Here's a question for you. Do you think being disappointed is worse than being sad? I think in this case, it's probably interchangeable. Okay. I could have used it. I, I was disappointed that I thought that, you know, it, it escalated because she would not listen. 
You know what I think the difference is what? between disappointment and sadness? I think sadness goes away. Disappointment doesn't necessarily. Lingers. Another good word. Disappointment lingers and festers. Oh, it does. Sadness can go away and and turn itself into a different emotion. But the disappointment, I'm thinking of the, you know, how many parents have said to their children, I'm disappointed in you. And that lasts. Not only does it last with the child, it lasts with the parent. And it, it really doesn't Language is powerful. Language is very powerful. And that should be the topic of our next podcast. I was going to say the same thing. The <gasps> language. We're like pinky, pinky. <laughs> in fact, in fact, the, the folks who watch this, and we love the fact that you watch it, write in to Beth and, and suggest words that you want us to talk about. Oh, there we go. Beth at BethAnnErickson.com. There you go. That'll be for September, October. Something else. Oh, I was going to put our last, uh, our cocky podcast in the link too. Oh yeah, cool. That'd well, be that's great. Plan. Okay. How, how about this Victoria Rosendahl chick? Isn't she just awesome? She, a, she, she's just yes. We, no question. Um, <laughs> where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me Victoria at therosendahlmethod.com. And uh, my website is therosendahlmethod.com. And if, if you need any uh, video scripts written, I love writing video scripts. There are lots of examples there and lots of samples. What I love about your, you approach copywriting in a very unique way. Um, mm. You're a storyteller and the mm -hmm. power of story, harnessing that and any, anything you're doing online is just, you know, it, uh, marketing hasn't gotten better it hasn't. I mean, buy my book. Buy my book. I mean, you go on social media, whereas I've never seen you say, buy my book. And instead, you're more of a, you just keep telling the story, keep telling the story, keep telling the story. And it's funny how that just planting seeds is such a more effective and a, makes a longer lasting career, in my opinion. I, I agree. Um, I don't sit there and say, but what did you say? You won't be disappointed. I won't be disappointed. I don't sit there and say, buy my book, buy my book, because as much as I would love to sell books and I love selling books, it's not the reason I write. Right. I'll write till I'm brain dead just because I love to do it. It's not a job. I love ideas. I love being creative. And if you want to buy a book, get in touch with me. I'm happy to sell it to you. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> this is Notes for Minnesota, courtesy of BethAnnErickson.com. And thank you for tuning in today. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about language next time. What words are powerful? Yes. And what words you'd like us to explore? Ooh, talk later. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Bye, guys.